A couple of announcements before we get into today's episode. First, our Kickstarter was completely funded. Thank you, everybody who contributed to making the Rakers album number five a reality. Second of all, our record release party is going to be Thursday, September 12th at Mid-City Ballroom in Baton Rouge. We're going to do a dual release party with the Junior League, who are celebrating their new album, Adventureland. Come on out. It'll be an early show, BYOB, all ages, at Mid-City Ballroom in Baton Rouge, September 12th. Okay, hit the podcast by and for fans of our band, The Rakers. I'm Anna Byers, and I play drums and sing in the band. I'll be talking with my bandmate Lance Porter, singer and guitarist, along with the other members of the band, guitarist Leon Lejeune, singer Alex V. Cook, about the ideas and craft that go into our songs. Bassist Louis Roussel couldn't make it for this episode. In this season of the podcast, we'll be going song by song through our new album, Number 5. Tonight's episode is about Lance's song, Spaceman. I want to be a spaceman, fly up higher than the sky I'll send back perfect pictures, the kind you can't deny I'll wear your flag on my shoulder, I'll float through your atmosphere I'll look down on you, but you'll never disappear Spaceman No one's ever seen you From this far above the sun Surrounded by empty space Adored by everyone I can see every mountain Any deep blue sea I can see you turning Away from me Share. I, 
spaceman car right now driving to go and pick up the vinyl pressings of our fifth album um, which is called five number five number five which is called number five and we are super super excited so we don't have Lewis with us today but um, we do have Lance and Alex and Leon and myself Anna and um, we are just excited to be in the car. I'm driving. Having a field trip, yes. He's driving and videoing all of this and texting <laughs> and preparing some Huevos Rancheros on his USB plug-in hot plate. That is the sweetest add-on for this van. It is. Is that hot plate? Yes. <laughs> it is. Uh, I've never regretted the $300 that cost. <laughs> <laughs> Now you can't go back though. Why would you ever regret three hundred dollars on something? Oh, I can tell you how I can regret three. <laughs> I'd rather have some huevos revoltas. What's huevos revoltas, Leon? Scrambled eggs. Scrambled rather than fine. just scrambled. Is that real Spanish? Uh, huevos revoltas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it think that's like a, a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like... I think I don't want that. Like, whatever that is. It sounds like eggs you throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rian's very confused. He never rides in the back seat. Yeah. This is a this is a treat. He's usually like driving. a kid headed to, to camp. Yeah. He's usually just holding down the victim back. I literally just checked to make sure Leon was in a seatbelt, guys. <laughs> Okay, so as we are hurtling down I-10 um, in our own little space pod here, we are talking about your song Space Man. That's right. That's called a transition. So. Um, yeah. So, so, okay, so is this song like, you know, a sort of or utopian fantasy thing? Is this a metaphor? Well, who is the spaceman? Where are you in Why do you want to be a spaceman? <laughs> it is a metaphor. I was thinking about the space program and also about relationships and at the risk of writing the most cliche metaphor ever uh, with apologies to uh, Ernie Tobin and David Bowie and everybody else who's written the same song. Um, but I thought mine was a little bit different in that I was talking about Spaceman as someone who truly sees the person that they're in love with and the person that they're in love with has a problem and even seeing themselves in a positive light. You know, they're struggling with uh, self-image and all the anxiety and things that a lot of us suffer with uh, in this day and age. It doesn't matter what you say to someone who's suffering that way, they have a hard time believing it. And so I was just thinking about the fact that there are still people on the planet who don't believe that that there is a space program and that we actually landed on the moon. And so it was kind of like a, as strong of a metaphor as I can think of um, 
try to convince someone that they are in fact. Oh well, like the ultimate conspiracy theory is that we're is that like we're not lovable, or we're not you know. Yes. Yes. That's kind of cool. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's pretty. Jesus. That's pretty heavy. So that's that's what that was about. So I was that's you know when you get into the lyrics about um, you send back perfect pictures you know that no one can deny. Um, it's kind of this idea of you know you're showing people look you know this is uh, a view from the moon and you can see the Earth and the Earth is in fact round and right. we did in fact land on the moon. To me, those are the same uh, same statements that are they're just as strong and they're just as true as what I was trying to say in the song. What, what? Kind of, what kind of syndrome were you talking about? Imposter syndrome. Oh, imposter syndrome. Times, you know, okay. We all walk around with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That we're not actually yeah. people think we are, and um, you know, and I think I don't know. I suffer from that. And, I care about a lot of times they suffer from that too. Women don't worry, women don't suffer from right, that. We don't exactly. have to worry about yeah. that. Yeah, so. But you know, this uh, like speaking to that, you know, when we were kids, you know, Lance and I were both born in 69, uh, right around the time of the on either side of the first moonshot. And I remember, like, for years, like the, the idea of that. That picture of the Earth from the Moon, and those pictures of Earth from space, how like those were like a weirdly unifying thing for all people. That it was like it was like very much a pause of you know. And in the '70s, we were like deep in the Cold War. We were certain that the the Russians were going to launch the missiles any second. Well, see now you know exact, were, exactly what like what was going to get blown up like. Now, now you had a picture in your mind like, oh, it's this big fucking blue and green circle sphere, and like it, it's just gonna blow up like like a like a fucking kickball. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like now. you know our vague, you know, as kids, our vague idea of Russia, which was like gray prison colony where they outlawed Christmas. You know, and then whatever their like totally totally bizarre idea of you know whatever the United States was, and uh, it was kind of like a you know a pause on that. Yeah, which is something that we need now. You know, right? And uh, we don't have much of a space program. As we as we pass a car with a NASA sticker, I want to say. Yeah. No, although, I mean, although Elon Musk did put a car in space, yeah. I think that's that's probably the most telling of the contemporary state of the space program. And there's those Red Bull guys that like go up there and jump out and parachute out. Oh of space. my god! Right, yeah. But it's all for Red Bull. Yeah. Right, that's, that's what that's what we do it to promote cars and and, and like hangover hangover juice. That's why we do this podcast, right? Yeah, this is where we would insert Red Bull as a sponsor. Oh, that'd be so sweet. We also wouldn't have a problem jumping out of a like a space capsule. Yeah. Guys. I meant to tell you this before we get going. We have our first sponsor. We do. We do. Um our first sponsor for I think I've heard the Rakers is not that um 
giant face of a lawyer on the sign we just passed. Oh, Why did they put their faces so giant on there? Oh my god, it's terrifying. Because we would totally let him do a verse on the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Problem. <laughs> Gordon McKernan, if you're listening. Uh, no, our first sponsorship comes by way of Natchitoches, Louisiana, when Jennifer Mangum wants to show her support with a financial donation to Get the show. Out. Get out. I'm not kidding. So, I... I'm not sure, Jennifer, uh, what message you want to have sent out there, so I'll, I got to make it up for you. Um, Jennifer wants to tell the world, uh, don't be a little bitch, and keep rocking and do your math homework, and um, compliment Anna frequently. Wow. <laughs> so I like, you know, anyone wants to be a sponsor, uh, you're, you can have your own message, but I'm also happy to make one up for you. Name your price. Good. Good going, Jennifer. We Thanks, love Jennifer. You. Jennifer, yeah, definitely. You are, you are one of my best friends. For whatever it is that you do, Jennifer, you're the person we're going to for it. So. Jennifer is a fucking badass math teacher at the Louisiana School for Math, Science, oh, and the dope. Arts, and she also runs some other programs and is so dope. It's a little insane. Jennifer, I love you. Let's get together soon. All right. So, you obviously, Lance, would uh, not go to space if you had the chance, would you? <coughs> would, would you take a commercial flight up to space with all the, you know, just... Sure, I would love to go to space. But, yeah. they, like, you've seen, like, the, the, the videos of actually getting up there and getting back. It is not pretty. Yeah, yeah I know, but I mean, it would be worth it. Yeah, I, had, I worked with a guy one time that uh, he was in the Army Reserves, and he told me, like, on his his drill weekend that they were doing parachute drills. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. He said, yeah, the Army has a special way of making everything suck. <laughs> I think that's what, like, the idea of going to space versus the reality of going into space would be like, okay, now we've got to test your vomit limit. You know, or that was brutal. Yeah. But I would like I would give anything to have that weightless chamber thing and be able yeah. to turn flips and do all that stuff. Which I, I know you can do without actually going to space. But Didn't you used to work for Disney, I'm sure you can just call up one of your you know call it call up Eisner and see if he's got one. But I mean they would I mean it would just be fake. It would look really pretty, but it would like the real space oh. program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want the fake experience. No. I would never. I would never do. Leon, would would you go to space with all the the bullshit it takes to get? Leon there wouldn't go all the way to Perkins Road. I mean, like. Well, <laughs> I just watched about. Ben Rouge Bird. I don't know five or six hours on PBS a few weeks ago. The space program that uh-huh. covered details of the moonshot, or both of them, and all of the behind the scenes. They didn't talk about the. Uh, Automated processing of vomit, given that you're in a capsule and has to uh-huh. be self-contained and vacuumed out or whatever. Yeah. Or where all of the uh, doo-doo goes. Like I just learned. That's like your focus. It was your focus, but when we started this ride. That's actually. It was fascinating. Is about. I'll just say that. Not where your poopy goes. I think I would like to do something like that as a good intention but about halfway through it I say fuck up 
it's too much work. I, I, just, I just recently spent uh, some time in Huntsville with it and went to the like you know tour the space center and everything there and so we're watching the film about the space shot the Apollo mission and uh, the best part of it which I think spoke to the character of the astronauts is they were reading back vital signs of everybody just right. after launch right and they were like Neil Armstrong heart rate 170, you know, Alan Shepard, heart rate, 165, Is Buzz, wait, 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 Buzz Aldrin, heart rate, 67, yeah. like, he was like, he was like barely awake, he was like, hey, wake me when we get there, <laughs> he's like drinking a beer and his, Right, it's the, it's the best nap I hear. Which Buzz Aldrin had a different take on people who thought. Yeah, well, their training, they had to go in these centrifuges yeah. and martini shakers and you know, like, <laughs> yeah, Buzz you know, rattling their brains. Oh, yeah. So, if y'all seen the footage of Buzz, the guy goes up to Buzz Aldrin and, and starts haranguing him about how the space program is fake and Buzz Aldrin, you know, in his, in his 80s and just punches this cat just right clocks it. Oh, like, like punching a Nazi. Like, just clock. That? Is yeah. my favorite Buzz Aldrin video, and then the second favorite. The second Buzz one is, is standing behind, behind Trump. Trump. Yeah, while oh, Trump is talking yeah. some word salad about space. Buzz yeah. Aldrin's face is so priceless. Yeah. Yeah. He makes those PBS like, documentaries did, did a lot on Buzz Aldrin. Oh yeah. He does those eyes behind Trump like he's a like he's a four year old who can barely keep it in. Totally. Like, yeah. oh, are you No, that's not okay. We'll post both of those on the. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so um, it sounds like for I um, elucidated the brutal realities of actually going to space. Everybody would have gone, but now no one will. You know, to, to me, it, the, the, the grossest, just worst, I never want to do this part, is the getting back. Because, I mean, aren't you basically, you just parachute. Well, that's the whole point also in the song is... Uh, I talk about how they, they wheel in the TVs, which is what they always used to do when we were in school. They would wheel in the, the TVs on wheels, and wheel them in so you could watch the, the landings and all that. Um, but the point of the song is that I don't make it back. Like, the person in the song doesn't make it back. Um, but it doesn't matter because they, they fulfilled their mission and provided all the proof and the evidence and the science and everything that was there. And so, the, so I guess... Song, it's kind of like it's the, the couple is breaking up, and but it's like, like you're a Mars they're, explorer, they're okay, yeah. They're okay with that, like it's like you know, it's it's almost like you sacrifice you sacrifice your existence in that world so that you can go out and collect, you know, the, the, all of this valuable information and send it back, but you know, you're. You're, fu- you're fucking lost to humanity because you, it takes you like 75 years to get out to Venus, wherever the fuck, you know, and everybody's dead by the time, you know, you get back anyway. Yeah, well, it's one of those things like the, those guys pretty much, especially the early ones, they they, they planned to die. I mean, they, they didn't think they were going to make it back. They were yeah. just brave enough. These were ridiculous test pilots. They had already risked their lives so many times. And I'm not saying, I'm, you know, this song is loosely based on relationships I've had, but it's, you know, I'm not that brave, and I do care about 
making it back, <laughs> but the person in the song doesn't. And so it's kind of, you know, that they were able to, to prove their point and say, this is who you are, even if it's the, it's the end of the relationship. Well, and what, what's interesting about that, what I was just thinking is that, you know, these, these missions that go to Mars and go to, go to the moon, that are picking up moon rocks, and like, I can understand the general perception of like, so we went all there to do what now? Like, so pick up some Mars soil, and like, okay, Mars soil is different? Huh. And that's, you know, and I think sometimes, like... Yeah, it's when, very different. When relationships go haywire, it's because you're moving apart. Your 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 personal missions have become different, and you, you wonder about the other person, like, so we're breaking up over what now? Over this? Yeah, yeah because you're going to go collect Mars dust? And prove that Mars dust is different from Earth dust. Well, sometimes after you've been on Earth for a long time, you yeah, know, you, see, yeah. you start to see that Mars, and you're like, yeah. "Wow, well, let's see what that dust is like." Right, you know, exactly. On Mars, yep. And it's also about the process. You know, there were so many things that came out of the space program that really had nothing to do with space. They just were inventions and advancements in science that took place because you had so many smart people trying to figure things out. So you ended up inventing all of these different things, including Tang, by the way, which yeah. is the greatest yeah. thing. Braces yeah. wire. Yeah. Right. Braces wire. Yeah. So wait, what came out of it? Braces wire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Razor wire's been around a long time. Braces, braces wire, not the razor stuff for wire. braces. <laughs> Can you imagine if there was razor wire in the in a? That would that would be like ah, oh, this was a terrible idea. <laughs> like you would just. You would see yourself floating across it for like 15 minutes with nothing to grab onto. You'd be like trying to blow like... What application are you imagining for razor wire in space? Like this was so dumb. Yeah. My hearing is off. Yeah. What was that word? That phrase? Races? For braces. For your teeth. Yeah, I had braces. Braces. The wire. Braces razors. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. I think we're beginning to see the kinds but of metaphors that But how does the braces wire Because that wire came out of the space program. What's your hiss Oh, Lord. I had that stuff in 1961 or two. Uh-oh, so Leon's proven the space program was fake. <laughs> Look, let me tell you. <laughs> what it is. Wait, wait, wait. You want to talk wait. about braces wire? Yeah. All right. No, I want to talk about racist razors. The technology. Yeah, that too. The technology, yeah. let's say 60, 1962. And I know the space program was, you know, in... <laughs> You got braces on your teeth. You went to an orthodontist, and they use these blunt instruments to press some braces on your teeth before they put the wire around them. And imagine the wire was probably titanium or some kind of uh, stainless steel alloy or razor wire. I believe they were. Still it was using brutal. Razor wire at that point. You know that sounds that sounds cruel. And it sounds like maybe that's something we got from the Nazis. Well, just like our rocket technology. <laughs> there's, there's Alex Cook. Alex B. Cook. Back then, you got to get out of school early every other week to go to the orthodontist who came from Alexandria. Whether you whether you had an appointment or not. Yeah. <laughs> or braces. Everybody's getting braces. He was Every- just like six foot four man. He had to be strong to get the 
things in the mouth. It sounds like an astronaut. It was actually a, yeah, it was a high uh, It was actually Buzz Aldrin. His yeah. nurse, <laughs> nurse assistant. He had to be 5'9". punched you in the mouth over and over to your teeth were straight. <laughs> well, his, his nurse assistant looked like somebody out of a cartoon. Yeah. She had knockers, kumsa. Kumsa. That she would just lay down in your face. I'm not going to lie. They had that bars. instead of anesthesia. Yeah. <laughs> I have some and we get a memories of, rubber of some, bands de- some dentist knockers around my head in my life. Are you kidding me? And y'all had some better dentists. Well, yeah, I, mean, oh, I went yeah. to my uncle. Like he, I mean, I guess he kind of had a set too then, but yeah, in a oh. different way. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Candace. Oh, yeah, so that wire has been around way before the moon landing. All right, strike one against the space program. Maybe it's just a better version of it. Uh, uh, Leon killed. Why haven't we? Just oh like when, why? Why haven't? Why hasn't there been improvements in braces technology since then? Well, there has. Just like why well, we haven't gone there. to the moon. Been tremendous. Okay, here's the thing about the moon. I don't know if y'all heard I this. Just, we don't know everything about braces yeah, the, yeah. This recently happened that there was an Israeli lander that was going to land on the moon. Like, Israel has a space program. Okay, in this lander, they had uh, tardigrades, which are like little microscopic, indestructible creatures. They're very cool looking. They look, they're water bears is what they call them. They're very cool looking. So, the things in this spacecraft were, they had a container with like a thousand of these tardigrades, because they found like these things can live anywhere, including the vacuum of space. Oh, these are, they're indestructible. Yeah, yeah. And, they had a, uh, a micro-thin nickel tablet that was micro-etched with the entire contents of Wikipedia. Fuck you. Okay. So Fuck you. so the, the the lander was coming in for its landing and something went wrong and it crashed. So it spilled the nickel tablets with the contents of Wikipedia and a thousand indestructible tardigrades. All over the moon? All over the moon. Like, they are going to take over in, like, I give them six years. They're going to be huge. Because not yeah, they're going to look like those, those, uh, those giant, like, whatever, snow crab, like, yes. coconut. Giant monsters with all of human knowledge. Like, because they've basically got a copy of Wikipedia. But I mean, so they're, so they're going to, like, learn how to read our, you know. Easily. What would be I, funny is, the like, what, all the things that are wrong in like at that moment whenever it was etched and they'll be stuck with that knowledge so right. maybe somebody you know had changed uh, you know the president and it's actually uh, Jerry Lewis instead of Donald, Donald Trump, Trump it was Donald Duck yes yeah, so and they're gonna like you know they're gonna like wage war against the ducks yeah because Jim Halpert has just uh, like cre- has just changed it to you know to prank Dwight right like and the correct technology to to kill all the ducks you know which will be just like the Donald or the uh, Daffy Duck cartoons where he fought the Martian. I don't think it's likely yeah. that, that they will uh, that they will find these nickel tablets. If they, I think it's much more likely that they will evolve and create the, their their own um, 
Tartar Crate Society. Yeah, whatever. I, I for one, am excited and welcome our new Tartar Crate overlords. Like, I, hey, hello. I'm, I on, I'm on board. I don't know about the rest of y'all. No, no, no. It sounds great. They're welcome. I've already started an acorn account to get my condo in Tartar Crate City. I started growing acorns because that's what I hear they like <laughs> They're, they're going to do a lot of propagating in the meantime before yeah. they figure out Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. That place is going to be ankle deep oh, in Tartar Crates. A thousand of them probably fit in a drop of water. Well, you know, I don't know if you watch Star Trek Discovery. Micro-orgy. Season one, part of the thing in Star Trek Discovery is that we can travel like instantaneously, instantaneously across the universe through this like space mushroom network. And one of the things that lives there, giant tardigrades. You know, when when fiction calls it. Yeah. Which it does a lot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Family Guy has, has has called some amazing things, such as Bruce Jenner's uh, transition. We're actually living in an episode times. of Black Mirror. I'm yeah. Convinced. Oh, God, we are. Our producer, Sam Anselmo, is convinced that we're in a computer simulation. So I am, too. Yeah. To get him to... I mean, it's, you talk, you, you you know, you talk to, uh, like, the top whatever physicist. I've heard, like, you know, too many fucking podcasts about this. But it's like when Stephen Hawking was asked about time travel, he's like, oh, man, well, we don't know about that. But then you ask him about... Like the the possibility of this being a simulation is like oh mathematically yeah oh man oh for sure oh god fucking for sure that is that now that is something we can probably count on yeah and that's fucking scary y'all but I mean you know when when it comes down to it um, and I you know the one of my favorite podcasts uh, what's it called Par- Paranormal Almanac uh, the host Kurt said it, at the end of the day it doesn't really matter you still have to get up and do your shit that's true yeah. So, That's the bummer about uh, and Trump is still president in this situation. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, it would kind of make sense. It's a, it's there because any simulation that runs long enough, it starts to glitch out. Yeah. And so that That's would explain happening. this current timeline. Oh my god. So this is, I think, the prettiest song we've ever done. Spaceman. I, I think. Uh, I think just the plaintive, like, acoustic intro to it, I think the way you sing it, um, I think the way this song kind of unfolds, I think this is our most beautiful song. Thank you, man. And, uh, and it's purely an accident that you wrote our beautiful <laughs> song. But, uh, so, what, how'd you, how'd you go about, like, uh, you know, coming out with the shape of this song. Like. I got this one, Alex. Now, how did you go about coming <laughs> up with the shape of this song? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Timed it with a laugh. Uh, it was more kind of playing around with the acoustic. And uh, I was just messing around with the capo one day. And just came up with this oh. little melody. How many, story, how many young men have started a story with that? Just messing around with the capo one day. <laughs> yeah, because it does change. This, but, this song does have the, those new changes in it. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely... Um, I was trying to think of... Definitely... Uh, uh, I didn't set out to write something that was quite so soft-spoken. Um, so it didn't start out that way. Uh, 
I actually had rocked it up quite a bit uh, before I even brought it to the band. But then I, I just stripped it down to back down to the acoustic uh, when I was practicing one night. Like the sound of that one much better uh, with the way I was working on it. So. Tell me what you're thinking, um, because this, you know, we have this one has one of those famous kind of buzz and sw switch up things. Uh, did you write those parts to to be together? You know, was this more like a, a, a day in the life, like two songs working together kind of thing? What happened there? Well, actually, that part of the song was meant to represent, again, re-entry, you know, kind of getting back uh, to Earth, or trying to, and so I was trying to represent that with the, with the bridge there, uh, but then when I first wrote it, I was, I was deathly afraid that it was going to turn out to be reggae, because it kind <laughs> <laughs> of Oh, yeah, so we did have a moment where yeah, it was we like, were yeah. We going to practice, and then we had to stop practicing, and, and, and re- uh, re- Assert was I there? We, we had to fire everybody and make them reapply for their job. Yes, <laughs> like, uh, I don't think I was there because I do not stand for reggae. I know, but that we did that, that was the thing. It, it started that direction, and we we recognized that. And yeah, we all took showers and came back. I want to be a spaceman. That's why we... High in the clouds. <laughs> so, Lance... It would make a good reggae song. After, I mean, after hearing <laughs> all of the uh, analogies on this song, would it be somewhat accurate to uh, say it's like a... a new metaphor for some old stuff, like uh, the grass is greener and having your cake and eat it too? Oh, and transcending that? Either of those, but... Those other crimes that tend to drive people apart. And, uh, I mean, relationships. You kind of take a step back. Yes, it definitely is sort of. Uh, I guess there could be a grass is greener part of this song. Yeah. Um, but it's mostly because that Mars is looking again, good. You want some of that Mars dirt? You're trying to convince someone that they're. You're, you're trying to show them how great they were. I mean, there's a part of me that's kind of putting all this together and thinking like, okay, so. You want to like? It almost sounds a little, a little bit selfish, but I think that's just because I'm selfish. I'm, I'm uh, but I think that's because I'm, I, I'm selfish. I'm, I'm raving the statistics here a little bit, um, but it's like, oh, so you love somebody so much, you have to get away from them so that you can tell them how great they are, so that you can go off and do your own shit. You know, like yeah, I, you love, you, I love you, I love you so that is much. True. <laughs> God, what a dick song this yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Never really thought about it that way, but that's probably accurate. But the, there is some truth in that. Like, like in, in any any relationship that, you know, it's that distance that brings some clarity. I mean, you know, when you're when you're down in it with in a relationship, it's hard to be it's hard to always be completely clear about things. I think you know, I think having that distance, and plus, it, it, it you become a third party to your life, and everybody takes third party advice more than they'll take the advice of the people closest to them. Well, you, you know, can, you can communicate through song in that way. Yeah, and so you go and write a song, but you know, not that. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, I think I think that that kind of thinking, uh, and we talked about this on another podcast, but another song. It helps, you know, it comforts you as you are actually leaving, and you know, like getting like being able being able to have something positive come out of this situation, you know, and back back to the fucking metaphor. But I like it, so here we are. Um, you know, you are leaving Earth. Like, how painful is that? And you're never coming back, and it's fucking horrible. But you're like, I'm doing this for science, man. <laughs> I'm doing this for science. You know, you're like, I'm doing this because I love her. She's so beautiful. She's got to know how beautiful she is. I'm sending the data back. <laughs> but I never come back. I'm doing this for you, babe. Mars, hey, how's that dirt doing over there? Yeah? You know, I... I was thinking about just when we were recording this. This is the first thing I did accordion on. And, like, to kind of Sam's credit, he hacked sort of, like, a setup that looked like the Houston Control Center in 1962. Set up in our our practice space. And when we recorded the accordion, I had to go down the hall in the bathroom. That's right. With, like, four microphones around me. Couldn't move, really, because it would get everything off like that. And I just thought, like, wow, this guy is really... One, he's really going all out to capture this for this little moment in the song that we probably could have very easily done with a keyboard. But we wanted to do it this way. And uh, I don't know. There was a very like space capsule feel. I remember that thinking a, like when when we were recording that because like the rest of the band is way down there. And I'm just like and, and just to do that was like very elaborate setup to do it. I mean that's that's what makes makes songs you know great or interesting. Like it'll be like just that one little mini. Or, right. you know, don't, don't, or the rain in a banky beanie. Well, actually, I hate that part. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that, about the vocals, I've been, like, really working hard on really singing this song. And I think, I couldn't remember if it was you or Sam came back and said, actually, I want to just try singing it a little more plaintively and softer. Somebody in the band slash atmosphere. Uh, Let's assume it wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, and that <laughs> made a big <laughs> difference. You know, I think it, it took the song to a whole different level for sure. Yeah, I remember because I always teach you guys about being the Indigo Girls. Yes. And uh, Alex is Amy and Lance is Emily. Uh, if that means anything to you, oh my god, it, it's. I could go into it. I think I said something Have like... Have you heard other bands, Anna? Uh, I think I've heard the Rakers. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I remember saying something like about, doing, you know, doing your best Emily there. But that was during practice. That's good. You have a good idea every now and then. That's every now and then. Every, every now and then. Yeah, and in between I just wait for Alex to say something and then I speak over him. But I'm saying the same thing he's starting and to say. And then I start saying something and she speaks up. Uh, same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> same. 
All right, um, Leon, I feel the need to bring you back in here. Yeah? Because we are talking about the space program, and even though these guys were both born in 69, um, which is 69. Well, is in 1969, when that shot was happening, and How you, old were you? And you had Houston Space Control. I was sitting in the studio downtown Houston at Robert St. John's Career Academy of Famous Broadcasts. Yes. I had a feeling. Wait, say that again. And we had... We got to hear the name of the school yeah. again. Because that's important. Robert St. John... Let me start. Robert St. John's Possessive. Yes. Career Academy of Famous Broadcasters. Were you, were you wearing your blazer that had I that? I was wearing a, a coat and tie. Oh, with the that, had, that had the patch on there that yep. had that? Yeah. Yep. And um, we had a studio linked to Houston Space Control in the school because that was part of the learning. Oh, wow. And some people got picked to go out to the actual Space Control and some of the stayed in the studio. So I was in downtown Houston. And um, it was a... It was, it was what it was and I think... Uh, like the most awesome and triumph of human technology. Well... That you were just there I to think my mind handles. was uh, thinking about five o'clock when the class was over and headed towards some uh, fresh ripple wine <laughs> or a black label beer. And, he is uh, landing on the moon and you want so you were like, wine? God, when is this over? Like, well, <laughs> can't wait to get some ripple. <laughs> well, we this countdown gonna last all day. Salmon. A lot of the uh, students stayed in this perpetual <laughs> altered state, so uh, school yeah. was like. In wait, between all of that. Wait, tell a little bit about the school because it was not only a broadcast school. Who well, else was there? It was uh, a four-month uh, school, like let's say a trade school, where anybody in the country or the world could could go if they had uh, like a thousand dollars or a student loan. And how did, how did you wind up there? Much like our modern universities. Yeah. Well, Schools. I sent off this ad from a popular electronics magazine. About it, because I was curious. I thought somebody showed up at your house. Well, yeah, That's just out of that okay. one ad, I mailed off to Public Electronics. Yeah, because I was into radio and shortwave radio. Did you and use stuff. scissors to cut it out the back of? The salesman showed up at my house when I was working construction that summer, and so um, he was there drinking coffee with my mother. My father gave, got me off the construction site, and when met him, and uh, he was actually living in New Orleans, so. He talked about the school, and part of the cell was, uh, you know, like Lauren Green from Bonanza started out as a radio announcer, and some of these famous people, and it was almost guaranteed to be a draft department because everybody, you know, we needed a radio announcer. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, that didn't sway me one way or the other, but um, getting out of Bunky was, like, not a bad idea, so I took it. So it was kind of your own personal liftoff, in a way. Something like that. Uh, yeah, and two weeks later I was uh, in Houston. And, and uh, it was like four months. And, uh, slogging your way through the... Uh, but wasn't it a school lighting. of broadcast and then dental hygiene as well? Well, they had, yeah, radio and TV broadcasting, uh, dental technology, like making, you know, like crowns and stuff like that. Like races, uh, races uh, wire? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, oh. razor wire there, though. Yeah. This was like the lesser skilled version. Yeah. 
And then so dental like assisting, which course. I guess is dental hygiene and medical assisting, like a LPN or something like that. Like medical hygiene. Yeah, so it's like, um, it's a pretty good group of uh, interesting people from around the country, mostly 18, 19, 20, 21, something like that. Did you receive a degree in broadcasting? Uh, yeah, and uh, we had, the way it worked out, they had a morning class and an afternoon, and I was in the afternoon class, so it, it supported partying every night, all night, and sleeping in the morning and going to school in the afternoon. What's the name of the school one more time? Robert St. John's Career Academy, the famous broadcasters. I'll we have, be, a, we have be, a picture uh, somewhere. I'll be mailing in my Yeah, my I got a certificate. Yeah, um, we have a picture somewhere of the certificate. It's one of my of credentials. Like seal for the, oh, fantastic. For the thing. What we'll put it on the website, therakers.com. Yeah. One of my credentials. <laughs> one thing that I, that I always think about with this, with uh, wheeling it, wheeling the TVs into the classroom. Like, do you remember the Challenger liftoff? Oh, boy. Okay, we had... The one that didn't yeah, come down this yeah. way? Oh, yeah. the one with, like, the teachers on it and shit? Okay, my physics teacher in high school was, like, in the program to be the teacher that went up there. Like, he made it to the semifinals or something like that. So he was, like, deep in it. And, uh, so, yeah, like, I remember I had friends that were in, like, Mr. Richard's homeroom class. They brought in the TV to watch it in there. And everybody was watching it, and then, like, the Challenger blew up. And, like, it got so, like, super quiet. Like, the whole school, because everybody knew. You know, oh, we had a teacher, you know, who was, like, in the running for this. You know, he had pictures of all the... Like, he had to miss, like, six weeks to go was, be in the centrifuge and, like, kind of, have his vomit yeah. encapsulated. Like, he, sp- he spent his whole summer, like, in training. Yeah, training was tough. That lady who, uh... Christy. Yeah. Christy McAuliffe. Yep. She, McAuliffe. She McAuliffe. really, man, as we say down here, bless her heart. It, like, she went through a shit ton to do that shit. Yeah, I... I doubt if they felt more than about a nanosecond of pain. Let's, let's hope not. They probably didn't even have time to cuss. Or actually, they probably got on at least one oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I had a, then another thing with that, I had a friend who ended up going to Louisiana school, uh, where you went. Yeah. He... He had won, like, the International Science Fair. Like, he had some, like, crazy experiment that was designed to go up in space. That checks out for LA school And <laughs> his project was set to go on the next Challenger flight. And it, like, that got scrapped. We were like, it didn't get to go on, like, another space shuttle flight. It's like... He's now a hobo. They took everything that was civilian out of the space shuttles. Like, we're not even gonna, you know. Yeah. Progress. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, this is before Lance Bass was a uh, was, yeah. was was considered a, a welcome passenger. Right. Fuck. So we're crossing the uh, the Bonnie Carey Spillway. Yeah, yeah, which is still open. Uh, the water is very high. Yeah. 
yeah. concentrates on our left. Um, but yeah, it's, this is always crazy to me to see the water coming through the woods over here. Have you ever been down there, like where they actually open the gates? Yeah, yeah, I've driven through. That's there. cool. I, I, I went down there one time, and uh, there was a bunch of guys fishing, because like all kinds of like crazy fish, like start jumping through there. Oh yeah. Oh, you get your like two-headed. Yeah, oh, yeah. People oh, are pulling yeah. like two-headed red snapper out of there. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. You know. That's also kind of toward where Leon ran, jumped his uh, Mercedes into the swamp, right? Yeah. Kind of toward that area. Oh, yeah, no, right. no, that's Morganza. Yeah, Morganza is still way young. Guys, that, that's, that story is uh, discussed, I believe, on the second yeah. from pre previous, episode, on a previous yeah. episode. Please, if you have not, you want Leon's Dukes that has a moment episodes, with the Mercedes. You do, yeah. you do want to hear that story. We're not going to yeah. tell it now, I mean, like, the Earth is just, like, falling off into itself, and all the rich people are going to get on their spaceships, and they're going to peace the back out. Yeah, but where are they going to go? Mars! But, I mean, you know... Mars, I think, I Mars think, and the moon are the same thing. Secret, yeah, they're going to hate it. They have secret places that they're we don't know gonna about. They're going to hate it. No, there's, like, secret rich people space that we don't even know about. Like, it's going to be about as comfortable as Jeffrey Epstein's cell. And none of them are going to, just like him, none of them are going to be able to deal with, like, the thread count of the sheets. Like, they're like... Uh, like you know, they can, they can fucking have outer space. I mean, if everything's just going to shit anyway, and it's not going to hurt too bad, let's just all get it the fuck over with when it's time. Yeah. I don't want to die. But you're kind of advocating for it. You don't want to die, you just want all of us to die? I want to watch the world. <laughs> Alright guys, I think that's a good place to wrap this up. <laughs> hey, keep in mind, our show is still on. It is at Mid-City Ballroom, Thursday, September 12th. We're doing a uh, dual release with the Junior League. Uh, and come the record, see it. And the record's coming out on... September 7th. We will have it in Thursday. stores for, like, next Friday. Yeah, so we're actually picking up the vinyl. This is our first full-length vinyl uh, release. We did we did release our, our last EP uh, on vinyl, but this, this is our first full-length vinyl. Also, the podcast, please make sure to... The, the way that we get that thing heard is if you rate us. So please go on there and give us a good rating. If you want to be a sponsor, uh, you can get in touch with us. Um, unfortunately, donations begin at the $3,000 mark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we started at Platinum, but, but it, you can go up to titanium level. I mean, too many people and just then, wanted to uh, give us... And then you can go up to uh, Braces Wire metal yeah. level. <laughs> I, you know, if you give enough, you will become one, one of our golden racist razors. <laughs> Attractive than your friends. Bye. Peace.